0: Hey hey,
1: how we doing, everybody? Hope everybody's doing well. Um, listen, we are we we just rolling right through this thing. We're really excited about today's episode. Y'all can see we got our shirts, we got our matching shirts. Marriage is supposed to be hard, but it says hard, but it's not hard. It's worth it. It's worth the effort.
0: The hard is crossed off.
1: Yeah, hard is crossed off. We um. Got these shirts at a marriage conference we went to a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. So we wanted to rock those tonight. But anyways, thank y'all for tuning in. I'm Freddie Cole.
0: I'm Kalila Cole.
1: And we are here for episode four of the Common Code. So um, first of all, I just want to thank y'all for following. Hopefully, you guys have subscribed to our channel uh, so that way you can get the alerts and updates when we do go live and anything that we may have coming up. You'll be the first ones to know about it. Um, all right, so check this out today we're going to jump into another topic and this topic is simply put are you committed to happiness or are you committed to love so this one um we could take this in so many different directions but we want to try to stay with the you know what we have planned for today but it's got it's going to bring some really good conversations I want to encourage you that when you're on today um post your questions post your comments we're going to do a much better job of making sure we stay up to date on all the comments the last time we had several comments that came in and we didn't see them so we're gonna make sure we catch them this time so we can be interactive with you all right so are you committed to happiness are you committed to love all right so first thing uh I want to I want to throw a statistic out at you guys before we get started as of I believe it was July 2023 statistics about marriages and divorces. Um, 35 to 50% of first-time marriages end with divorce, but then 60 to 70% of second marriages end with divorce. And I think that's something that we can kind of open up and talk about because I think it's a really, it's it's an issue that you're basically, the statistics are showing that half of first-time marriages either make it or don't make it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then if they try again a second time, they have a higher risk of not making it a second time. So it kind of brings us to the question about what what are the expectations Mm -hmm. for a person going into a marriage that it's 50-50 the first time, but then those expectations are even lesser the second time around,
0: I was sitting here. I was scrolling through Facebook, and um, there's so many things going around about um, a man can't take me here on a date. A man got to spend this much money on a date. A woman has to be like this. For... We are talking about all the wrong things, okay? Right. right. What is courting and dating about? Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. If we spent more time in the beginning before the marriage, what's the once you marry that person, you ain't you ain't changing them. Like my husband, when we went through our thing, and I was like, No, you these, these are my boundaries. These these are my non-negotiables. And he had his non-negotiables, those things had to be corrected within us before we said I do, I do, right? Mm-hmm. Because once he's the head over my life, I can't then tell him no. Nah. It don't, it don't go down that way. So it's that time when you're courting and you're dating. When you go out to a restaurant, I just got to say this because of everything that's been going around Facebook. I have to say this. Right. And it's anybody who invites me out to eat. I If they, they invite me out to the most expensive restaurant, they call, invite me out, I don't know, Ruth, Chris, or whatever. I wait for the person to order. Yeah. If that person's order is $20... The thing that I order is going to be less than twenty dollars or twenty dollars. You
1: gonna match it because
0: anything. I'm gonna match it, because they're showing me what their budget is now. If they tell me, "Oh no, no, order what you want," I just I'm not I'm not hungry. That's why I'm on. It. That's free game, right? I can order something. <laughs> I can order something else. But I would want somebody to do that same thing to me. So if we just go back to to wanting other people mm-hmm. to be happy or wanting other people to to, to mm-hmm. be okay and not so much thinking about ourselves and we look at those things before we get married we can see how people are why are you marrying somebody like that if you know you don't want to be with a gold digger why are you making us it's like uh-huh. if you know these things about them already you saw it in the dating you saw it in the courting mm-hmm. but you still married them and then you wonder why it ends in divorce
1: right and so this you know this is what I want to do uh, I'm glad you said that you opened up some stuff so we go, we're gonna we're going to kind of walk through this thing today um, the first thing I want to do is I want to define, I'm looking down at the screen, y'all forgive me. First thing I want us to do is really look at how we define the word love. Um, there, there's there's a, there's a way that society defines it, but then there's also a biblical definition for it as well. Uh, I'm going to share with you the biblical definition of love. I got it right here. I'm going to read it to you. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses four through eight. I'm gonna read this to you. I believe this is the very foundation of how a successful marriage will look. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. Um, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. There's a key word here. Always. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And then the last part says love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. And where there's knowledge, it will pass away. Now, that's if we were to hold on to that definition of love versus the definition of love that we may have learned through social media, society, TV shows, and all this other stuff that we kind of learn from and we get ideas from, I think that definition that we just found in first Corinthians, I think that is a very strong foundation to build love upon, right? And I'm saying build love upon because you can, Love is something that you learn to do. It is an action that you learn. And not only do you learn it, you also grow in it. You get better at it. And you, you know what I'm saying? Like you mature in it. It's not something that you just feel. And that's, I think, where where we have a lot of issues. Right. We feel more than we actually do an action.
0: Right. There's a book that is out. And I was talking to my husband and another couple about this that God put in my spirit. Um, a book out there that says love your spouse according to their love language. But you just spoke about how we grow up learning what love looks like, how we learn how to do love, right? Growing up by people who love us, by people being patient with us, by people caring for us, by people um, suffering with us, long Mm -hmm. suffering with us when we make mistakes and forgiving us and accepting us back in their lives. Mm -hmm. So we learn what love looks like. But the thing is, once we get married, The book tells us now we have to forget everything we learned about how to love, how we've learned how to love. Mm -hmm. And we have to now switch it up for the person and love them the way they want to be loved. And what God put in my spirit is love authentically to your design. What that means is I'm going to love you by serving you. Mm -hmm. Everybody's love language language is serving. Everybody wants Somebody to show them they care about them. And how do you show somebody you care about them? By doing things for them. Mm-hmm. So you can have the five, oh, quality, time, touch, kiss, all the, you, you're you're going to naturally learn the person. That's the whole purpose of the courtship mm-hmm. is to learn the person, learn what, what the person likes, what the person don't like, and, and to, ser- to be able to serve them efficiently and effectively, right? Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of courting. When again, we choose, we do that part wrong, we end up having a harder time in marriage because now we're trying to figure that out while we're married. Mm-hmm. The things that we should have been figuring out while we're recording so that I can say, you know what, I'm going to choose you because your flaws I can deal with, mm-hmm. right? That's the whole purpose of it. Can I deal with you? Because we all got flaws, right. but can I deal with your flaws?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right. We all have baggage, but can I deal with yours? And that's key. Um, a lady had said something not too long ago about um how did she word it? Oh my gosh, it just slipped my mind. So I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to that because it just slipped my head. I was just watching a video about a lady talking about um how she why she married her husband, something about she saw his um his patterns, that's what the word was. Patterns. Because at one point in time she when she married him, when she was before she married him, she paid attention to his patterns. And so she was making way more money than he was at the time. A matter of fact, I don't even know if he was employed. But he wasn't employed, he wasn't employed. And so, people were asking, him, Why would you marry a man who's unemployed? And she said, Because I recognize his patterns. He was a man of his word, he's a man of integrity. When he said he's going to do something, he did it. So, I knew that where he was today was not going to always be. So, she understood commitment above feelings, right? Mm-hmm. So, I guess the question to that this is here's the first question you was kind of touched on it early on, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. Should happiness be rooted in what you get?
0: no um because here's the thing like you said that man wasn't working right she made all so that means she could buy anything she wanted for herself and mm-hmm. this is kind of similar to our situation when i met him he had lost his job mm-hmm. he wasn't working he he didn't have a place to live he lost his car all of these things were working against him when i met him right mm-hmm. and for any woman that should have been like uh, uh-uh, i'm not dealing with this joker he can't take care of this he can't do that mm-hmm. but his patterns his his character spoke louder than all of that because this is a man who was a hard worker this Mm -hmm. was a man of great integrity this was a man that he may not have it today but he'll have it tomorrow now he's an assistant principal do you Mm -hmm. understand what I'm saying so you can't look at a person when you come into that particular page of their life Mm -hmm. because pages turn so you can't all right now come on now so you can't look at You can't get stuck on a person's page because mm-hmm. they moving. We flip through pages. pages. But if you had a person that you meet and they've been on the same page and they uh-huh. refuse to move off this page, they bitter, they're talking about their exes. All this is still their mama and them and, and they brothers and them. And they stuck on that page. Yeah. And they're not flipping that page, but they're making all this money. Are you gonna marry that person? Can you imagine a life that you would have never being able to grow or go? To the places you're supposed to go in life, because you got stuck on the page.
1: Hmm, stuck on the
0: page. Wow. But what was the question? <laughs> I didn't even. I'm so sorry.
1: What was the question? All right, let me look you in the eye this time. I don't want you to look me in the eyes. So I want to make sure we get. All right. So there's it, it, a question. Okay. What's the question? Should happiness be rooted in what you get? There we okay. go. All right, here okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Here we go.
0: So. <laughs> I was making more money. I was able to buy myself anything I <laughs> wanted to buy. He couldn't. He couldn't afford it, right? He wasn't working at the time. But what he gave me, he served me. That is what made me happy. And I don't mean like serve me, like oh, I'm I'm getting her shoes. Here's some water balls. <laughs> yeah. That's not what I mean. He gave me love. He he knew me. He saw me in ways nobody else saw me before. It wasn't about how I looked, right? He cherished me. He he spent time getting to know what I liked. That meant more to me than anything in the world. Than a man buy me. I was with a man who bought me flowers every week. Where he at?
1: Where, where the flowers? Where he at? at? Where him flowers, flowers at? at? Dead, flowers. Dead, dead. Dead. Dead.
0: Relationship dead. <laughs> <laughs> they dead. But so.
1: Oh, right.
0: <laughs> so no gifts and serve gifts and things that you receive is not the thing that should bring the happiness
1: (laughs) amen amen so it's not about what you get it's about what you give it's about what you give so rhonda says how do you know what is a flaw you can live with that honestly i think that's that's up to you that's 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 a you question that's something that we can't answer for you you know what gets under your skin you know what hurts you you know what's going to cause you to look at that man sideways because again whatever that thing is You got to realize that that's something that you're going to you're going to see reoccurring day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out until that conversation is had or until that man decides to change that thing, work on that thing. So the question is, however long that's going to take, are you willing to to still be able to serve him and love him unconditionally? Because in verse seven of the scripture I just read, it said, always hopes always perseveres. That word always signifies unconditional commitment. Always. We, through, we use the word always, like you talk about absolutes. We use always, we use never so commonly that it's lost its value. But scripturally, the Bible talks about always that's unconditional commitment. How long can you handle it? Or can you stand around? I don't know if that's oh, the way to say it. Can
0: you Yeah. Absolutely. You know can what I'm you saying? stand around? So it's it's best to to work those things out before you get married, mm-hmm. before you say I do. And there's things that you you like you said that you can be you're willing to get in a relationship with because you know that we're forever um, progressing, we're forever changing. The question is, is this somebody who is dead set and inflexible and not willing to bend and change? Those mm-hmm. are the characteristics that you're looking for, and that's what you're looking for while you're courting. Yeah, this person is acting like this, but is he stuck in his ways? Right? Is he not willing to change? Have he was he like this in his last relationship, and relationship before that, and relationship? He unwilling to become something different.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Or she. Or she, because it's right for sure, and that's key. So spend time getting to know not just what a person presents to you, but also what they don't present to you, because ultimately, when you're dated. I'm going to present my best self. You're going to present your best self and because we're trying to wow that person. But you have to be attentive to the whole person. Um, And I think that's what helps to kind of help you gauge the direction of where you should be going within that. Now, as we're talking about love versus happiness, and I'm saying versus, but you can have both in a relationship. You can have love and you can have happiness. Happiness should not be the foundation of why you get married, because happiness is an emotion. And like you said earlier, emotions are fleeting, right? Love, on the other hand, is an intentional effort to mature and grow, to become one with that person that you choose to be with. Amen, Mm -hmm. amen. Yeah, so um, one thing I'll say, and then if you have any questions, you can run them out. But commitment to someone, um, it goes beyond your circumstances and beyond your feelings. We looked at the divorce rate, how high it is. A lot of times the issues have become, or you could say finances, um, some of it is infidelity. And then there's some of it they call irreconcilable differences, which it's just they just can't agree on certain things. Right.
0: to walk together, unless they agree.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, those three things, I think we got time to talk about those things because if we talk about three issues, we can tie them back to the scripture verses that we just read and we can figure out how to destroy those things. Right. We talk about finances. First of all, that was one of the things, okay. You know, the, the vows that we exchange when we're getting married, it gives you clues of what's to come in your marriage, better or worse Hmm. sickness and hell, right all the different things that it talks about in the vows is giving you clues of what could possibly come into your marriage to make you second guess this the decision that you made and someone when, when i hear about people divorcing because of finances um okay if you got a person that has a like a, a, a gambling problem for example and they, okay then you know if that person's addicted to gambling and they're just putting you in the poorhouse. okay you know listen i won't get into that part but when we're talking about things were good. Now, all of a sudden, the income has changed and stress has gone through the roof because we could barely afford to pay our bills. And so now all of a sudden, you're looking at your spouse like, I don't know if I want to be with you anymore because my life is falling apart and, and now you're going to blame your spouse. Like to me, that's showing that you were never committed to that person to begin with because financial hardship hits everybody, no matter how wealthy you are. At some point, there's, you have those times where you got to regroup, readjust, and, and, you know, and put things back in there, then it may take time to do that. But if that was your reason for saying, I don't want to be with this person anymore, then that means you've placed a a financial security as your um, priority above loving your spouse.
0: Right. I I agree. I agree. I think that um, in any one of those things, Um, I was going to read this from this book. It says, when we seek our own happiness in marriage, we claim that we're the most important. And so that's what happened in any of those areas, the financial area or any of those areas. When we seek our own happiness, we're saying, "Okay, you're not handling the finances well. I don't want to be with you more anymore because I deserve to be happy in my life. Mm -hmm. I deserve to be with somebody who makes me happy. Well, guess what? You're going to get with somebody and they're also going to take you down the roller coaster right? because everybody has flaws. Now, instead of saying you're handling the finances wrong, How about we come together and look at the finances and see what we can do? Maybe we need to bring in a financial counselor, somebody we know that can help us maybe take um, a financial peace course, whatever, and try to get our finances together and then work on it together so that I'm not blaming you, you're not blaming me. We both can see what's going on. And those are some of the things we have to do in our marriage, right? What are we Mm -hmm. spending money on? Where is it going? Where should this dollar be going? What should we save in here so that when the enemy comes because he is gonna come oh he's gonna come he's gonna come in your most weakest areas mm-hmm. to try to get you guys to turn on each other you'll be able to sleep at night you'll be able to rebuke him because you guys have talked about it it's not a hidden secret it's not the thing that worries you and depress you it's written down on paper you have a plan and you have a, a way out you have hope mm-hmm. and it's the hope that helps you stay together
1: amen amen that's good um, so that's one thing, you know, with finances again, and we remember I told you I said we can probably tie back into scripture. You know, the bottom line is it says it's not you're not self-seeking. Love is not self-seeking. So if I'm gonna leave you because I'm pursuing something for me, then you've already violated the definition of what love is, you know. So that's one thing. Now the second thing that I brought up um about divorce was infidelity, right? Um that's a, that's a I'm solid. Too. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is self-seeking, but that is a very highly debated topic in the Christian community Um, because everyone wants to know, which is so crazy to just even think about the thought process. Everyone wants to know what God says about divorce. Well, okay. This is the thing. If you're, cons- if you're more concerned about what God says about divorce, that means it sounds like you're looking for a way, a out. way out. You're looking for what are my, I don't like the pressure of saying that I'm going to be married to somebody forever. I don't like the idea that God may frown on me if I decide to get a divorce. So what is, biblically the way out? Okay, well, this is the deal. One of them is infidelity, right? One of the ways is definitely infidelity. Now, um, that, for some, is more than enough. But let me challenge you for a second. Infidelity... Should not be the end of a marriage that you've committed yourself to, unless the person is not willing to change. I'm just going to throw it out there, just straightforward. I'm not going to put no seasoning on it. I'm not going. I'm just going to throw it out there. And the reason why I say that is not because you're giving them a pass or you're trying to give anybody a pass to do it. But what I'm saying is, is that the commitment may have been broken by that person. But it does not mean that marriage itself has to be broken. You know, Jesus called the body of Christ an adulterous generation. In other words, he said himself, the church is unfaithful to him. But yet, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. And that is the level of love that he wants us to operate in with each other. That, yes, you messed up here, but I'm going to love the hell out of you. Right now, again, we're talking about, ooh, I said it, I did, I did. Now we're talking about, we're not speaking on someone who has the propensity to say, I'm not going to change. I'm going to continue to do this. This is, you know, whatever, whatever that, that verbiage is that a person may use to justify continuing to cheat. But the reality is, is that how do we, How do we ever get to a place where we grow in Christ without the need for learning how to forgive? And also without ever being in a situation where we have to actually exercise what true love looks like. Mm -hmm. It's easy to love somebody that's faithful to you. It's easy to love somebody that loves you back, but that's not the measure of love. The measure of love to me is rooted in like
0: Selflessness.
1: selflessness. It's easy to love Jesus, but it's difficult to love Judas right? So that's the measure of, I believe that's where a person can measure their level of love is not how much you love Jesus, but how much do you love Judas? Just a thought. All right, what you got?
0: Um, I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to remember.
0: Okay. Um, yeah. I, I was just, just thinking about relationships and that's what I was thinking about infidelity and the, what ends I believe that the reason why the one thing that god allows divorce for is the infidelity because the trust is broken when trust is broken it's hard it's hard it's not impossible it's difficult to build that back up especially if the person who committed the infidelity if it wasn't um i'm not gonna call it an accident if it was like a, a one time if it wasn't something that Um, they weren't looking to get into right if it's somebody who's lied to you who said they were going out with their friends but they were going to see somebody else or if they were doing this and they were going to do that how could you ever then believe again that they're not lying to you right and so once that trust is broken it's hard then for that trust and that love to be reconnected but the way out of it is serving That is the way back out of it. That person now, whoever is the person who may have cheated, needs to serve. The wife needs to serve. The husband needs to serve. But most importantly, he has to or she has to rebuild that trust and that commitment and that, that love that to get rid of the bitterness and the resentment and all that other stuff. Love is the only thing that conquers that.
1: It requires grit. We eat
0: a lot of grits.
1: Cheese grit, bacon grit, scrambled egg <laughs> grit. It requires <laughs> grit, and oh you, and that and that's the part where it becomes work, right? And a lot of people don't want to work because at the end of the day, the foundation of their marriage probably was rooted in happiness rather than commitment. Um, so when I think about what that grit looks like. And oftentimes we put it off on just the person that cheated that has to put the work in. But that's almost like saying the marriage is 50-50. The marriage is never 50-50. Divorces, marriage is 100% on both sides. So even if the the, the man, let's say the man or the woman uh, cheated, it is not solely upon the man who cheated or the woman who cheated to make things right. And the reason why I say that is because the other person in that relationship has a responsibility to forgive, all right? It has the responsibility to give the other person the opportunity to redeem themselves. And that requires you to be broken emotionally to do it. Pride has to be broken down. Ego has to be broken down. And vulnerability and transparency has to be reshaped around the values in which you were you're married under those those same vows that you were married under are now being put to work and so it 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 requires 100 effort on both sides it's not just the person that cheated male or female it's both sides because that person can do all the work necessary to prove that they are 100 you know committed not going to backslide not going to go back they can do everything known to man uh, to fix their half of it. But if the other end of it, the spouse is not willing to trust, not willing to let them back in, not willing to forgive, not willing to do those things, then the genuine turnaround would have been all for nothing. Right. Right. So,
0: yeah. So they both have the work to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing about forgiveness is this is, you know, we we tend to think that if I forgiven, then I shouldn't remember it anymore. And I shouldn't feel ugliness when they come through the door. Right. And I shouldn't, re, you know, it shouldn't hurt me no forgiveness means every time i do think about it i say i've forgiven that and i i rebuke the thought that's good. right that is what forgiveness means that means you are going to remember it that means little things mm-hmm. are going to trigger you those triggers that try to the enemy sins to try to bring you back to that moment to take you guys back to that place when it happened mm-hmm. every time you're triggered if you're doing the things that you did when that person was doing that, you are now triggering the other person mm-hmm. to becoming that person again. So you can't be the trigger for the person and the person should not be triggering you. If you have forgiven, you have to forgive. You can't say, nope, let me see my phone, your phone because the last time you did that, you lied to me. No, you triggering that person right back to who they used to be when you do that. Mm-hmm. You have to be trusting and you. you have to be forgiven. You have to be, and when you say you let it go, you have to let it go.
1: Yeah, bringing you can't bring up time. the you wrong some type of way you bring Come it back up again
0: exactly you have mm-hmm. to really let it go and that takes yeah. work it
1: takes work just
0: like it takes work for that person to, to not do the thing that they've been doing that has them bound that stronghold you have to let go of the bitterness and be willing to forgive and let all that stuff go as well
1: amen amen now listen we almost out of time and i want to throw one more in there because we, we all we supposed to stick with 30 minutes but i got one more thing irreconcilable differences let's touch on that real quick okay real fast you can you want to knock it out you the go park? ahead oh you want me to knock it out mm-hmm. the irreconcilable differences irreconcilable differences what that means is that we just cannot agree on things right what are the things and 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 again when we talk about the things oftentimes irreconcilable differences just simply means you will not submit to what i believe and i will not submit to what you believe but there's this middle ground because two people are becoming one. So as you have an entity here and an entity here, they come together. There's a middle ground where you both meet at. And I've learned this in our marriage, that we don't have to agree on everything that we, that we discuss. The things that matter, yes, we do need to agree on. But we don't have to agree on everything, right? We both might agree that we need to go grocery shopping on Friday. But we both may not agree on should we use cash or credit card. That's, to me, that's trivial, right? So you have to pick and choose um, what's what's more important. Was it more important that I'm right and that you do it my way, or is it more important that we live in peace and harmony? And so uh, sometimes irreconcilable differences um, is based upon my happiness not being fulfilled and that taking precedence over my love for the person. Um, mm-hmm. You wanna do, you wanna touch it or, Mm-mm, you know, you touch it? it. Okay, well, listen. All right. That 30 minutes go by so fast. It goes by so fast, y'all. Listen, um, thank y'all for tuning in. I'm grateful that y'all was with us today. If you got any comments or feedback you want to throw at us, throw it out there. We'll definitely talk about it. We'll definitely comment back and and stay in contact with you. All right. Next week, we're going to be right back here. Same time, same place with another hot topic for you. Um, Look for us about middle of the week. We're going to throw some questions out there at you. And we hopefully that you will get some feedback that we can throw back those feedbacks into the discussion on Sunday. God bless you. Love you guys. We'll see you next week.